When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up with the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author, Alfred Edmund Jr. And your co-host, life coach and author, D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. Welcome to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. and I'm here with my co-host, DC Marshall. And we're talking about finding a new norm. And here's what we mean. We know that things have changed tremendously during the pandemic, but I wanna talk to women in particular about what it means to work from home as an entrepreneur. Uh, Dee, you know, you lived that life wearing a lot of hats, doing a lot of things, but things have changed dramatically over the last, uh, now going on two years. If you're a female entrepreneur, you're trying to keep your business going and growing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think the numbers were something close to 20% of women-owned businesses lost their businesses during the pandemic. And so, you know, I like the show and what we're talking about today because we're talking about finding a new norm. I'm believing that everybody is going to come out on top. Um, And so I'm looking forward to the show. You know, it just so happens that I am recording today at home, but I am fortunate um, and blessed. I've grown my team. I actually have an office. (laughs) Um, We're headquartered in Newark, but today I'm at home. And so I love that we get to talk about this and talk about women and all that good stuff. We got a very special conversation for you, especially if you're a female entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, a woman business owner. We're seeking that new norm um, in the post-COVID pandemic environment. Uh, You may be working from home. You may be working from a traditional office. You may be doing hybrid. Um, You know, my co-host, Dee Marshall, has already said that she's back in a traditional office, though she's working from home today. And Dee, we know that women, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, wear multiple hats. They're often the CEO of the home and the CEO of the office. They're partners to someone. They're caregivers, they're raising children, they're shopping, they're tutoring, they're chauffeuring, yep. they're just doing doing everything. And then we had the added layer of complication around the pandemic and how that just disrupted um, businesses, but lives, you know, so, so I think this is gonna be a really important conversation in terms of the reset. And in some cases, the multiple resets, the multiple reinventions that, you know, we've all had to go through, but women entrepreneurs in particular have had to go through. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right in terms of, you know, the layers and levels that women already, and particularly Black women, you know, Black women are known to to wear many hats. In fact, to even, you know, struggle with this superwoman syndrome, right? And so you're absolutely right trying to now find their way back. In fact, Alfred, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, a friend of mine, corporate executive, Black man, um, high level, and he was working from home. He changed jobs, working from home. And he said that he had renegotiated. He said, you know, D, I just decided, you know, my wife and I, how I really wanted to live, live my life. And um, I wanted to be hundred percent from home. 
work from home. And the reason I bring this up as we're talking about women is because, you know, I think sometimes women, I'm, I think are hesitant to ask for what we want and what the need is. And I thought that was really interesting that while my friend, he's a chief diversity officer at a smaller firm, a mid-market firm, while he had left one job and renegotiated to be 100% work from home, not hybrid, he didn't want to go into office and he's a corporate executive. While on the other hand, Alfred, I have friends over here, girlfriends, colleagues, they are upset because now they got their return to notice a return to office notice. So I think that's also an interesting, um, I would say, unique difference that women share in asking for exactly what we need. Now that we know we're teacher, right? Women right now are, they are like literally teachers and having to have two and three jobs. So they're teacher during the day, right? For the kids who are um, homeschooling, well, not homeschooling, school from home, because that's two, two different things. And then having to do their job after hours. And then I've got CEO friends, to your point, Alfred, you're right, caregiver, parent in the home, having to remodel a whole separate area for parent, having to find a full-time caregiver just so she can get her work done. So yes, this working from home and wearing multiple hats is definitely a thing of the woman. And the other thing that I think is really important to acknowledge um, and again, this is a show about faith and business and finance and again, that abundant life is that one of the things that I think we all felt, but women in particular, Black women in particular felt, is this feeling of not enoughness in some cases. You know, there's time is squeezed, resources were squeezed, there's even more demand on your attention than ever before. You're trying to take time for self-care, trying to take time for prayer, worship, relationship building with God. And this is a time when the ability to stand on faith and to understand that your source is the source of all and has infinite capacity to help you because you don't. And I saw the difference between, um, you know, women who, who had a faith walk and, are, you know, a living relationship with God versus women who either had an inactive relationship with God or yeah. women who, who were just were disconnected. And it's like, when you run out of whatever is in you, if you're not connected to the, the source of all, how are you going to get replenished? How are you going to get refilled? How are yeah. you going to have faith that things will still go well, even if you didn't get everything done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of the Massiaia complex. It's when women or people in general, but mm -hmm. women struggle with this when we're trying to do all and fix all without the power and the strength of God. And so um, you're absolutely right. I think folks struggle with being present and walking out their faith. I don't think people love God any less based on how they engage. I really don't. I don't think it's that. I just don't think people are consciously aware and present, which is why I love prayer, because prayer keeps you present and in communication with God. And you're only ever going to build a relationship and be able to take out uh, withdrawals or take withdrawals if you have enough deposits in terms of time and relationships. So I love the point you make about women and depending on our faith to get us through. Well, we have the perfect guest. We've been waiting for her to come on this show for a minute, y'all. Terry Coxum is the CEO and owner of Coxum Connects LLC and Coxum Connects Wellness Foundation. So we already got wellness and we got business. Um, she's an economic advisor, a distinguished lecturer, a motivational speaker, an author, life coach, mentor, talk about multiple <laughs> hats, D, <laughs> and needing capacity. Um, <laughs> 
you know, but she's also an expert on some of the, you know, certifications for women business owners, things that can help them grow their business, access business. So again, get get all of the the ingredients for a conversation. And of course, as a woman of God as well. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you, uh, DC Marshall. It is a pleasure to be here with you. And I'm listening uh, to the conversation that's taking place and uh, just some, some key words, faith, finance, abundant life. So I'm like, okay, okay. And this is what we're talking about. And so when you talk about the mini hats, you have to have a foundation. You know, a house can't be built on without a structure, without a foundation. So I'm looking forward to, to having that conversation with you about how do we replenish? Like, you know, how do we pour back into ourselves? How do we say no, you know, to things that just aren't working for us? And no is a complete answer. We don't need to explain anything after that. So looking forward to that. <laughs> you know what a, a good place to start is how do you replenish? You, you said, um, you know, you're looking forward to the conversation about how we replenish. Let's start with, we are two years into a pandemic. And yeah. so what have you been doing to replenish or to maintain, to thrive during the pandemic? Because you're uh, an expert in the space. And so we first wanna know, what do you do? Well, the first thing I do is I stand on this, right? I wrote this little guide called Peaceful Pondering. It's a busy woman's guide to inner peace. And this is before COVID, right? And so it's 40 pages long, it's not a big deal. But what happens is we're talking about a lot of it now. I'm praying, I'm reflecting, I'm saying no to things that don't work for me. I'm having a plan, right? I'm giving myself permission to say no. And then I'm giving myself permission for self-care. So a lot of times as women, we're doing everything for everybody and we're not doing enough for ourselves. And I had the opportunity to work with Reverend Dr. Susan Johnson Cook on a a book, Rhythms, uh, Rhythms of Rest. And I wrote a chapter in it about just that breathing love into yourself first. So, you know, we're on the plane, they say, put your oxygen mask on first, right? So it's about that. It's about putting my oxygen mask on myself so that I can now pour into my family, pour into my relationships, pour into my business, and quite frankly, pour into my students, because I'm also a professor at Megaritz College. So pouring into my students as well, and that's how I replenish. So there is, there is faith, right? being free with finances, right? And then there's that abundant life. And how we have that is by making sure that we're pouring into ourselves. And that's how we're replenishing. That's how I'm replenishing. And that's how what I'm teaching my daughters to do to replenish as well. Because I have two daughters. Uh, my daughter just celebrated her 26th birthday. And I have another one that's celebrating her 32nd on the 28th. Wow, look at you, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, you know, thank you. One, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. What's the one thing that you've done differently as a result of COVID? Um, so one of the things that I've done differently, I have a prayer call seven days a week um, from five to five thirty in the morning with the daughters of Zion. I'm pouring into that before I start my day. Listen, we talk about uh, at least uh, let me say from my own experience. Mm-hmm. W- once I realized that how much I was actually doing mm-hmm. and how much I was actually doing was actually in some ways distracting me from the source of all. You know, we, we got to busy, 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 busy. And then in that first six months of the, of the pandemic or so, it was a shutdown. Yeah. And I know that for me was a period of being able to reconnect. Now we're a, a year later after that. And what I'm hearing from a lot of entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs in particular is just what you said. They, they've had to kind of take ownership That's of right. their power, take ownership 
of their time, learn to say no to things so they can say yes to other things. Yes. And, and I hear this thing about being an architect of your future. But I'm reminded of a, a, a meme I've seen on social media many times where it shows a floor plan of your, your plan, <laughs> a cute little nice little plan, and right. then a the floor plan of God's plan, which is a right. big, you know, right. and obviously God's plans for us are way beyond what we, we plan for ourselves. Right. Talk to me, especially in terms of, you know, running and planning your life as an entrepreneur and as a human being in particular, the difference between being your own architect and trying to do it all on your own versus taking some ownership of your life, but surrendering the planning to a higher power. So I think that surrendering the plan to the higher power is first, right? I think that that little plan that you explained is exactly how it really, really works, right? And so um, a lot of times we have these grand ideas about what we're supposed to be doing. And, um, and then we get into this big thing and we, we don't even like it. It's not something that we really wanted in the first place, right? So what I do is I'm very grounded in stopping first, you know, praying, asking God, okay, you lead my steps, right? Even when I go teach a class, the first thing I say, okay, God, empty me of me and fill me up with you. Whatever I'm supposed to impart when I hit the stage to do a motivational speech, when I go to teach a class, even when I'm speaking to my businesses, what, what is it that I need to do here? And then I let that be my guide as opposed to me, because I have a lot of ideas <laughs> and all of them don't work out well, right? So that is one of the main sources of how I'm able to do so many things because people go, wow, you, you do a lot, right? And they're like, you're so bubbly and you're so energetic. How do you do it all? I do it all by starting my day with prayer. And after that, everything else is what it is. So I'm pray I'm from five to five 30. I'm praying on the daughter's design prayer line. Then I'm hitting the gym from five 30 to seven. I have custody of my great nephew. He's three. I take him to school by seven 30 and I start my day at eight, eight 30. And I'm this way because I put myself in the first part of the day, as opposed to the last part of the day. And I think a lot of us run ourselves amok because we don't put ourselves in the first part of the day. By the last part of the day, I want to fall out. Sometimes when I put when baby Andrew go to bed at 8:30, I'll be like, deuces, I'm going to bed too. <laughs> uh, but the thing I like about what you said, because I again I had to learn this or maybe relearn it the hard way. Well, I won't say the hard way, by experience through these right. last few years. Right. What, what you're talking about here, how I interpret it is that when is the best time for me to put the gas in the car? Right. Not when yeah. it runs out. <laughs> Go right to my prayer corner first thing in the morning. Right. You know, get poured into first thing in the morning. Right. Nourish myself first thing in the morning. You know, I work out every day. Go to the gym. Do what I got to do to nourish and strengthen myself. So instead of starting on empty, because right. you know you're going, you already know you're going to end on empty, right? That's you right. just described it. I'm starting on full, mm -hmm. and then I I can do what I need to do to, to the end of the day. And then if I'm empty at the end of the day and I just want to go to bed and crash, go to bed. It's okay. And, and that rest and recovery is important too. So talk to me about, you know, again, too often, especially with women, especially with black women, mm -hmm. you've really been almost groomed since you were a child yeah. to do everything for everybody else first. And if there's something left over, mm -hmm. then you do something for you. Yeah, no, let me jump in here. No, absolutely not. We <laughs> have been taught that, right? Yeah. But what, mm -hmm. what happens is we are, um, in, in, even in the work that I do, I would always hear from a lot of women of being stressed, exhausted, and burnout. Mm -hmm. 
from pouring out. And uh, the analogy is when you are pouring from an empty cup, that's when you're exhausted and overwhelmed and um, stressed and even to the extent of burnout. But it's when you are full, um, you know, that's when you have enough to give, right? And you give from the overflow, from the saucer, not even from the cup. And so I think, I I think, you know, you know, because I think a lot of people struggle with why am I burnt out or I'm not happy. And I think um, for the show, we want folks to know and be able to take away something real practical. It's because if you're in that place, it's you're pouring from an empty vessel. Because did you notice the three of us? Well, I'll say it now. I too work out. I have the same routine in the morning. I really? Run- oh, baby, listen, <laughs> work out. Let me tell you something, prayer, meditation, and workout. And the one that I did differently or that I added and I stacked my success routine during the pandemic is meditation. I took up practicing meditation last May and completely um, just shifted so much. So mindset was my, a new level of mindset. Actually, mindfulness was my lesson last year and so but I just wanted to amplify that and then one other thing that you said um and that is about the good ideas right we always have a lot of great ideas I think a lot of us do Mm -hmm. we have great ideas and um interesting thing or interesting observation is I think once we come to ourselves as adults and we recognize our own gifting we recognize our purpose we recognize we're coming to learn ourselves as mature adults we like oh yeah we could do anything but one of the things um i just wanted to anchor in on what you said is we have to distinguish between good ideas and god's instruction that's right because when it's a good idea then we have to carry it when it's God's instruction, it will be well, it will go well, it will be successful because everything that God does is successful. And because it is by his divine download, Holy Spirit equipping, uh, he's the source. So he's going to use whomever. So I love that you were talking about just the um, having a lot of ideas and then your routine. Let me tell you something. You won with the routine and baby <laughs> going down. And by 830, I said, you know what? That's black women. That's black women. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So I just wanted to say that. So would love to hear from you. I know you and Alfred had a question specifically. Well, I wanted to dovetail what you said, Terry, and what Dee just laid out into, again, business planning. We see, uh, you know, stats from Harvard Business Review saying that while 17% of Black women may be in the process of um, starting or running a business, however, only 3% will be successful. And I think a lot of that is about, yeah, I have a great idea to start a business. Right. But my process, whether it's managing my own energy and time and resources, is maybe not set enough in place for me to be able to get the business launched and running in a way that one is obviously successful, but to Dee's point, you're not unhappy doing it. You know, you're right. not, you don't become your own worst boss. You're like, I thought I quit, I thought I quit my job to get away from a bad job and now right. I'm, I'm my bad job. Right. I think it's important to plan, right? So I have a show, this, it's really on Wednesdays, it just launched today, it's called The Coaxing Report. And it's about just that, it's about small business. And I had uh, Senator Kevin Parker on today and we talked about that plan, at, you know, planning your plan, right? So the first thing, you know, small businesses say to me is to access the capital. They're like, okay, 
how am I going to get this money to do the whatever, right? So access to capital is one of the biggest barriers for starting a lot of our small business. The next one is technical support. And that's a part of what you're talking about is having a business plan, having your capability statement, tagging in people. You can't, you don't have to do everything. You, you don't, you don't have to do everything, right? Tagging in people that can assist you along the way. And then the, the third part was about contracting opportunities, right? Because what we didn't know, and I didn't know until today, this billion dollar space that we're leaving the money on the table. When small businesses are starting, the first thing I do when I talk to them and I do their assessment, I find out what the plan is for their business. Because I tell them, if you start a business and you're not making money, you're not in business. You got a hobby. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Listen, hold that thought. We're going to come right back. <laughs> now, now we're going to jump into the meaty stuff that I've been waiting for. We're going to talk about you know, too many entrepreneurs are running in place right? Or, or actually running backwards in place. You know, they're busy, but not profitable. So we're going to come back. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. We're going to talk about positioning your business for growth, That's not just right. for survival. We'll be right back. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Dee and I are having this great conversation <laughs> with Terry Coaxum. Listen, get your notepads out. You should have had them out already, but get your notepads <laughs> out, get your devices out, whatever you're doing, because Terry's already been dropping science and we're about to learn more because we're not talking about my favorite part of business. Because <laughs> your job is to make some money. All right. That's right. What I'm your, your job is to turn a profit. That's but right. Let's talk about some of the elements of not only you know, starting the business, establishing the business. That's but right. we have people who have been in business for a while. They have established businesses. Maybe they've had to pivot during the pandemic, but they do have businesses. Mm -hmm. now, talk about some of the things that should be focused on. And I definitely want you to get into certification as a woman or minority-owned business. Um, 
to not only survive and, and have a business, but to grow the business, but again, at the same time, still grow the business without growing yourself out of abundant living um, right. by you know, over, overwhelming your own bandwidth. Because uh, the other things aren't going to go away because They're your not. business went from being a $1 million business to a $5 million business. Your other obligations and commitments are still going to be there. Absolutely. So one of the things that I like to work with my business, um, as I was stated before, is to assess what they're looking to do, right? So I have to have a plan. And I tell them, in your business plan, it doesn't have to be a big 15-page thing. It could be a one-page blueprint on what you're looking to do, but you have to have a plan. Because if you're not going towards something, you know, you get the analogy of running backwards, you're going somewhere, you're just not moving, right? And so I have my business look at what they're looking to do and then what they're looking to make, right? So, you know, when I sit down with my business and I talk to them about whatever that business is, so it can be um, anything. They can be making clothes. They can, um, I have businesses that are uh, doing workshops and training, whatever that is, right? So we, we look at what that business is. We look at who can, uh, you know, give contracts or opportunities to that business because we're looking to grow because we're looking to get from here to here. We talked about it. You're in business to make money, right? And then from looking, assessing the, the business, then we assess the capacity. And then we learn to tag in. As women, sometimes it's very hard <laughs> for us to tag somebody into doing something that we feel like they may mess up, right? So I surround myself with mastermind groups, right? I have individuals in my life that are phenomenal. I, I can't do everything. So I'm not doing the technology or the social media. I'm going to tag somebody in to do that. And if I'm a business that's starting out and I can't afford it, I'm going to tag a college in to do that, right? I'm going to tag in interns because they're looking, especially now during the pandemic, they're looking for people to be placed into these positions. And it's, you know, it's online. So it's, it's better for me and for them, right? And so once I have my plan, I know, I know what I want to do in my business. I know where I want to go. Then I go after the opportunities. And a lot of that um, a lot of my businesses before the pandemic they used to say to me I don't need to market everybody's my client I'm like yeah no <laughs> everybody's not, your client not, not, everybody. client. not, not <laughs> everybody if everybody's your client no one's your client you're absolutely correct and then we we kind of break it down and when I say well if this person can't afford your service is that your client they're like no no I'm like all right so let's kind of rethink what this is right so once we have a plan in place, we give them, you know, this capability statement, they have a little blueprint of where they're going They have a capability statement because they, we want to know what you're capable of doing when you're trying to do business with individuals, they want to know what you can do. So you have a little one page or a little capability statement of what you're able to do. And then you, you're coming up with where you want to go. So if you're contracting, so I help my businesses get certified. I, I do the city certification, the state certification, the federal certifications, right? And then we look at forecasting opportunities because it's a billion dollar spin out there that we're leaving on the table. Um, one of the things that Senator Parker said in our last conversation on the Coxon Report is that, you know, big businesses like Apple, you know, people think that they started out of their garage and it was a big thing and they just took off. No, they took off because they got a big contract. And those big contracts are real. And so how do we get you positioned to be able to get that big contract to take your business to that next level? And so and in order to do that, we want to make sure everything is in order. We want to make sure your paperwork is in order. So your taxes are in order, not just your business tax, but your personal tax. We need to make sure both of those things in order, because when you're going after access to capital, they're looking at your capacity level and they're looking at what you're able to do before you can get that loan or before you can get now, you know, during the pandemic, 
we had a little more opportunities with grants, but that's not usually the case. And D can tell you, uh, taxpayer money, they're not giving you grants. They, you know, they'll give you a loan, a low interest loan, but you know, it's taxpayer money. So you gotta pay that back, right? So looking at some of those opportunities is key. And once we know what you're capable of doing, we have your plan for getting there and we know where you wanna go, then we can help take you to that level. So we're gonna start, expand and grow start, expand, and grow. And we're going to do that continuously. And it's all about building wealth. It's not about paying the bills nine to five, because you know what? There's always going to be bills. And one of the things that we didn't talk about here is what I tell my clients all the time. There's two things you must do when you make your money. One, you pay your penance to God. Your one-tenth of everything you make, go to him by way of just being here, right? And that second one-tenth, pay yourself first. In addition to being depleted at the end of the day and trying to do something for yourself at the end of the day, you do it at the beginning of the day, you pour into you. So now you can pour into others. Same thing with your funds. When your funds come in, you pay your one-tenth to your penance to God and you pay your one-tenth to yourself because that's where you're going to build your wealth from. Once you pay all your bills, there's no more money left over. So I don't know where that model came from. Oh, pay everybody. I'm broke if I pay everybody. But if I pay my one-tenth to myself, and that bills and I can expand, I can make my money now work and make money for me. And so those are the nuggets that I like to give to my business in the beginning of their process so they can get into the habit of doing. They say 21 days, you make it a habit, right? So get into the habit of paying God and paying yourself. And then we can pay all the other stuff because bills are going to be here. They're just going to be here. We understand it. Debt's going to be here. I'm not saying don't pay your debt. I'm saying absolutely pay your debt. But you also have to invest in yourself. And that should also be a priority. You, know, you said a whole word. I just want to say I'm one sorry. thing before, before I jump into this. I'm going to hit this tithe thing again. I was one of those people. Now I'm a real tither. Before That's I was right. a play, a play, play tither. You no, know, no play, no play. But it, you, but it you felt want good. Invest. I tithe. But I felt secure. I tithe. If they, you know, but I, so I, I want to just add the one thing to the tithe: do it first, right. and do it cheerfully. That's right. That's right. Cheerful giving. Oh, we sing songs in my church. We dancing and praising. Yeah. We, 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 no, I used to be that dude that's like, okay, I guess I'm going to write this check. I guess I'm going to do this. You know, and, 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 and it makes right? a difference. Yeah, Your mindset it. toward God when you tithe makes a difference. I'm, I'm just right. testifying. But, that's but right. yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with all of that. You said a word right there in terms that's of right. how you approach your business finances. That's right. And it, I mean, it's important. Uh, this is a timely discussion because one of the other things that I think about, you know, we always talk about, oh, the pandemic getting back to normal. I don't want to go back to normal. We weren't doing well in normal. <laughs> I want to do better, right? So, you know, there weren't opportunities available to some of the minority women-owned businesses. There weren't opportunities available to black and brown businesses. There was a digital divide. Like there was, that was normal. I don't want that. Y'all can have that. <laughs> what I want is abundance. What I want is productivity. What I want is to move forward. And in order to do that, you know, the faith, the finance, and the abundant life part is what spoke to me when I came on today. I was like, okay, be lifted. I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. So this is what, you know, anyone that's listening to this today, I want you to understand that there is a process, just like anything else, there is a process but you're responsible for your process, good, bad, or indifferent. And if you stand on a lot of what we're discussing today, if you stand on God's word and buried in your heart, because he said, I came so you can have life and have it more abundantly, right? He said, I, I know my plans I have for you, right? Plans to prosper. 
So if you understand those things, you can't help but to give joyfully. You can't help but to get up in the morning and praise him and be vulnerable before you do anything else. You can't help but to meditate on his word. You can't help but to do all the things because he got, there's a blueprint to this. Like this, you know, I hate to go off script a little bit, but you know, Biggie said, I wrote you a manual. Well, same thing. Like God's <laughs> book is that manual. Those 66 books are a manual of abundant life. And I encourage anyone that's listening to us today to pick it up and use it. Everything's yeah. there for you. Dee, Marshall, and I have been having a tremendous conversation. I know you're enjoying it too with Terry Coxum, who is just dropping science, dropping gems, just dropping it all, <laughs> giving the word. <laughs> you know, as we you know, wrap up our conversation and we're talking about how everything we're talking about, yeah, there's a lot of great books out there, but the foundational okay. business book, the foundational wealth creation book, the foundational abundance book is the Bible. Um, and, and we already talked about our plans versus God's plans. And I'm reminded of Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That's right. You know, we are supposed to plan, mm -hmm. but we're also supposed to trust in if the plan goes in a different direction than we plan, God's got us. That's right. Um, and then we can trust in his word. And, and, and so, you know, with D, you were already talking about how you know, <laughs> the, Bible, the Bible is a guidebook. Let me just say, 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says all of the word of God is God spoken and God breathed appropriate for teaching us what is right and helping us to course correct from what is wrong. So it really is a manual. And I think so many of us believers don't know how to make the connection between the word being a guide and answer. Um, you know, I encourage women to approach the word whenever it is that you have a want, a desire, a need, a situation, a circumstance, a problem or challenge, make God first place and final authority because every answer and the guidance and the direction and the solid resolve will come through the Bible. But sometimes just amplifying, I think the word and helping people to know that, no, no, this is Bible and you, and you really can and should just spend some time here. Um, God will, will certainly, um, you know, lead you, guide you. And, and, you know, Alfred, you mentioned about the planning, mm -hmm. the word of the Lord in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says God's plan is not to harm us. That's right. God's plan is to give us a purpose and a future. Mm -hmm. And so what the word plan, and I remember my first encounter with that word, it's, oh, wait, God has a plan. Oh, yes. if he has a plan, listen, because his thoughts are not my thoughts and they're bigger than my thoughts, then he's thinking bigger and grander than I am. And so if he has a plan, then it's got to be better than my plan. Um, you know, I just wish more people would get it and have um, the love for just following God and knowing that God will honor, uh, you know, God honors us and God honors our bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. That's right. That's right. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I'm unapologetic about it. Yeah. I'm unapologetic yeah. about it. You know, whoever I come in contact with, they know God is my, you know, that's my savior, right? And whatever I do, I do it in decency and order and I follow God's word and I understand and I trust him. And even, even with the plan, right? You know, faith without works is dead. So you got to have a plan and then you got to work. You got to put in the work. You know, I remember growing up, I grew up in the South, born and raised in South Carolina. 
I remember growing up here in the old folks. I'm going to pray and God's going to, and God's going to, and God's going to, and then it didn't happen and they were discouraged. But now I remember they weren't putting any work in. <laughs> they was just praying and waiting. But when I was able to read that manual for myself, then I understood while they were praying, they were not working. While they, they were playing, they were not planning. While they were praying, they were not doing what the manual instructed them to do. And we know we put things together. You have to follow the instructions or some things are going to not be in place. And so, you know, I'm glad that you, you brought that up because it is a manual and a way for others to get it is to do exactly what you did, right? And you put it in a book and you put it into your trainings. Anytime you come in contact with anyone, this show, Be Lifted, right? There is a foundation for living that is living in abundance. And so when I talk about peaceful pondering, a busy woman's God to inner peace, there's scripture in there. I remember encountering a young woman who said, well, I don't read the Bible. I don't believe in all that. I said, oh, that's nice, right? And then she, uh, I said, well, I'm gonna gift you a copy of this, right? And so we had some conversation a couple of times later on and she found herself going through some things. And then I talk about the paradigm shift in the book. And so she's going through it and she's reflecting. She called me back, she's like, girl. <laughs> she said, let me tell you how your book helped me. Because it's not about me. I gave you some nuggets, but I also gave you an opportunity to be able to put yourself into that. Because I, I am not, I'm not all knowing. I don't profess to be all knowing. I'm going to stand on his word. And so those scriptures were just little nuggets to get you thinking, whether you believe or not, to get you thinking about what that plan should be for your life and then working in whatever that is for you, no matter who that is that you are, you know, that you're praying to. But I'm praying to God. I'm unapologetic about it. The other thing is this idea about vision. And, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about Okay, you're growing your business and you're looking for mentors, you're looking for sponsors, you're looking for partnerships, mm -hmm. you're looking for contracting opportunities, you're looking for capital. And you know, you, you hear, you know, the story of the entrepreneur that's like, I can't find any of these things. I can't get any of these things. I, I can't meet the right people. And then you have other entrepreneurs, and I'm going to say entrepreneurs who are operating in faith, their vision is corrected. That's I right. got in my mind, <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to be looking for. I know what it's going to look like when I find it because I've been reading, you know, the word and That's God is going to show me this. That's and I'm right. telling people, if you don't know what you're looking for, you'll, you'll never find it. That's right. Uh, and so two people could be in the exact same room with the exact same people. One person walks out with a contract. The other person is saying, nobody will help me. And I don't know anybody. You right. talk to me about how your faith walk actually, I'm going to speak for myself, literally manifests. I once was blind, but now I see. And there were things <laughs> that were right around me all along but I wasn't looking at him with the right eyes. So I didn't recognize that God was like, I, I gave you everything you wanted. Why don't you everything, see it? Everything, everything. My bishop talks about the guy that was on the top of the water came all the way up to the roof. He's on the yeah, roof. Yeah. And he's like, I'm waiting on God. And then he sent a plane. Oh, I'm waiting on God. He sent a car. He sent a boat. He sent all these things. I'm waiting on God. And then when he got, he's like, well, God, I was waiting. And he said, I sent you a boat, a car. And I, <laughs> where, right. you know why you didn't come, right? right. So I think a lot of it is um, getting out of your own self way, right? 
um, a part of what I do is connecting. The name of my business is Coax and Connect, connecting you because relationships matter. And so I'm the connector to those individuals. So I'm connecting my small business to the government contracts. I'm connecting the government to the small businesses. I'm connecting my students to the sponsors because everything can be free. I'm connecting my students to the other entrepreneurs because you need those internships and you need the on the ground training. So I'm doing that. And so what I would say to anybody that's listening to us today is to come out your comfort zone. You know, if you are in a space, and I say this to my students all the time, and they can repeat it for you, I tell them two things. I said, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Not because you're not making decisions. Decisions aren't being made. They're still being made. You're just on the menu. You're not at the table, right? And I tell them that if you leave your house intentionally to go to something, to get something, get it. Because if you go to an event and you don't meet nobody, you could have just stayed home on your couch. I give them a number. I say, you got to meet five people. If you go to this event and you get this sponsored ticket, whatever, you got to meet five people and you have to be intentional about those meetings. When you go into, you have to go into whatever situation it is. I'm coming out with a contract. I'm going to meet the right person. Like you said, the vision, right? I'm going to meet the right person. I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to get the resources that I need. I'm going to get the mentor that I need, the sponsor I need, the rabbi I need, whatever it is I need. I'm going to be intentional about that conversation. And that conversation is going to reflect that intent. I'm not just having a conversation with you to say I made it. D, I, D, I think I heard somebody say, D, seeking ye shall find. That's I think right. I heard that somewhere. Somewhere, I remember. Somewhere, you just can't, you vaguely remember. You know, yes, exactly. And so those are those because those are missed opportunities now. You don't get that time over. I tell my students all the time, I say, we got 24 hours in a day. We all got the same 24 hours in a day. I don't know if you guys listen to Eric Thomas, the hip hop uh, preacher, but he's a motivational speaker. I love ET. And one of the things that he talked about, he said, the difference between Oprah and Warren Buffett and anyone else that's successful is what you're doing with those 24 hours. We can get more money. We can get more things. We can't get more time. So if you're taking your time to go to that event, make it intentional. Because you could have stayed home if you weren't going to do something. But you were, if it wasn't going to be a purposeful meeting. And what a show. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. That is our show for today. And what an awesome guest we had. And, and really the topic, actually. I wish we could talk more about this topic. How can women um, make uh, working from home, work from them. I mean, we got that and so much more with Terry Coxum, just in terms of finding the new norm, um, where there's opportunities with regard to government contracting, who you need to be and how you need to show up. I hope you all got that in terms of the success routine, being able to guard and protect your space and you know have boundaries. There was just so much that came out of our conversation with Terry Coxum. And you can find her at Coxum connects.com c-o-a-x-u-m-c-o-n-n-e-c-t-s.com alfred listen we can hit that topic again in a future show as far as i'm concerned and we can bring terry back in the future show so again thank you terry and listen everybody stay up to date with everything be lifted up um you can listen to the show at sirius xm 141 hur voices you can listen to us on the Mocha Podcast Network, podcast plural, the mochapodcastnetwork.com. And of course, you can follow us on all social media at B, the letter B, Lifted Up Radio on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all platforms. Listen, you've been listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. 
Thanks for joining us on my behalf and D Marshall, of course, thank you. Love being your co-host. <laughs> we'll see you next time. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.